Hello, and welcome to the C-Store Decisions Live podcast. I'm Erin Del Conte, Executive Editor of C-Store Decisions Magazine. Thank you for joining us. Please sit back and enjoy as we talk all things convenience retailing. Today, I'm here with Ginny Dietrich, the founder of Spin Sucks and the author of the book Spin Sucks. And she also has a Spin Sucks podcast. And we're going to be speaking about social media trends for the year ahead. So Ginny, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Erin. I'm very well branded. Everything Spin Sucks. <laughs> well, great. Well, I'm excited to talk to you and learn about, you know, what's ahead for 2021. Oh, yes. um, and we've, we've talked in the past. Um, we have. Yes, yes. Trends. Um, and so again, today we're going to go over what convenience store operators need to know uh, as far as best practices. But first, Ginny, tell us a bit about you and your book, Spin Sucks. Uh-huh. Um, thank you. I launched an agency, a PR firm, uh, many years ago. I won't admit how long because, wow, I'm getting old. And what I discovered in running my own business is that it's really challenging to to measure the work that we do. And as a business owner, I wanted to know how every dollar that we spent was contributing to the growth of my business, just like every other business owner. And it's really challenging to be able to do that, especially with traditional public relations alone. And then, you know, Twitter became a household name and businesses started to use it and then Facebook and YouTube. And we started to blog and we had all these at the, all of these new tools at our disposal. And behind all of that, because it's on the web, we were able to measure it. And as I was thinking about, gosh, you know, as a business owner, how do we measure all this work that we're doing both for ourselves and for our clients? Is there something to this? And I had co-authored a book and I went to my publisher and I said, hey, I'm thinking about, I've always wanted to write the book Spin Sucks, but I'm thinking about taking it from this perspective where you can actually measure your efforts, your, your marketing efforts to cold hard cash. And she was like, great, do it. And that was the book Spin Sucks. Awesome. And I love what you say about, you know, the part about how do we measure it and how do we turn this into, you know, some sort of return on investment, which I know is a, is a question that a lot of convenience store retailers continue to have. Yep. yep. It's hard. It's so hard. <laughs> yes. I want to know too. I want to know that the money I'm spending is helping me grow my business. So, you know, obviously the world has seen just huge changes uh, yeah. since, since this time last year, huge global pandemic impacting businesses all around the world. So Ginny, how have you seen the pandemic impacting social media trends and best practices? You know, we have people working from home and in-person events are largely postponed. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, should we expect to see people turning into social media more in 2021? And and if so, how can retailers really capture that audience on social media platforms? There are a couple of things going on. First, everybody turned to social media because they were home. In March and April, especially, it was our only outlet to other people. And I can't remember the exact number, but there was a huge surge in new social media users just globally overall. So there was that. 
Then, of course, we added, we had the global pandemic, but we also added in all the social injustices. We had Black Lives Matter and we had, you know, still things with um, misogyny and chauvinism and certainly the racism. And so all of that happened. And then we had the politics, right? So we had, you know, everything around the election and what was happening there and how, so we had what we're calling the mother of all crises this year because it was all of those things at one time. And people were using social media more. So we've seen this big trend toward two themes. One, we're seeing more harmful content, which is more in line with fake news, false allegations. You're going to see a lot more of that around the vaccines. You'll see people making up side effects that don't really exist just to get people to not take the vaccine. You'll see lots of information out there that may or may not be true about the vaccine and you know, like there's anti-vaxxers and there's there's other types of instigators. There's nation states who want us to fail in, in Americans getting the vaccine. So you're going to see a lot of that surge of information. You're also seeing a big shift to what we're calling alt tech platforms. So Parler is a really great example of that, where people are switching. They're saying, listen, Facebook had to go before Congress and promise that they were going and show how that they were going to remove the opportunity for... Um, fake news and false information to be posted on their platform. YouTube's had to do the same. Of course, Twitter's done the same. And so people are saying, well, if these platforms are going to censor my freedom of speech, I'm going to go somewhere else. And that's the rise of these alt texts like, like Parler, where people are going to those places and getting information that may or may not be true or censored, but they feel like they're getting to have their say. That's so interesting. And we're going to talk about some of these new platforms uh, in a little bit as well. Before we delve into all that, let's start by taking the big three. So we've got Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, so if we just look at those three platforms, you know, what is changing there uh, as far as what it takes to be successful as we head into the new year? Oof. Um, to be successful, I think probably, especially for a C-Story operator, Instagram's probably the very best place for you to be. You know, everybody knows it as a very visual representation, but it's also one of the most effective now. Facebook used to be used to be the most effective and, and Instagram has taken its place. There's still a role for Facebook and Twitter for sure. Um, but if you haven't started to look at Instagram or you've just been t dipping your toes in the water, I would really look at that from a 2021 perspective, you know, how can you use that both for organic, which means you're building community and, you know, people are following you and all that and paid. You want to put some dollars behind it as well. And let me ask you, you know, why do you think that Instagram is kind of taking Facebook's place? What, what's happening with that shift there? It's two things. I think one is that people tend to be visual learners and Facebook certainly has video and, and photos too, but it's, it also has text and it seems more appealing, especially to younger generations because of that visual nature. And also I think people just kind of got fed up with my grandma and my parents are on Facebook. So I'm going to move over to this other platform. Mm -hmm. And so if, if we had a, like a top strategy for convenience stores for each of these platforms, we've got Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you know, what would you say for each? <sighs> a top strategy for each. Instagram, I would, I would try to have some fun with it. I would try to 
create an opportunity to visually show the store and visually show what people are doing. If you're having a special or anything like that, show that, actually take photos of it and use it from that perspective. Facebook, I would use probably as an ancillary for Instagram. So you can certainly post the same things on Facebook and Instagram and not have to change it at all. I would recommend that about half of the time and then the other half of the time, see if you can do something a little bit different with Facebook, just in terms of more writing or video. If there's an opportunity for you to test out Facebook Live, I would do that. If there's an opportunity for you to test out Facebook Stories, I would try that as well. And then Twitter, I. I don't necessarily know that you want, you know, from a from a convenience store operator standpoint, unless you already have a really nice community there and it's doing something for you from, from a business perspective, I don't necessarily know that I'd spend much time there next year. So why do you say that about Twitter? Why do you think that it might not be the best place for brands that haven't already built up a following at this point heading into the new year? It's just become, it's become more of a news feed then it has become a brand building or awareness building platform. Certainly it's great for following people. And, you know, if you're looking for information or news, certainly local or regional news, it's great for that. But if I were starting somebody out fresh, brand new on social media and they didn't yet have Twitter, I probably would put it aside for now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's talk about some of the other platforms. Uh, we've got Snapchat, TikTok, mm-hmm. and LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So let's let's take those three next. Are these important platforms for convenience store social media managers to be paying attention to, or is it better to focus on, on Instagram and maybe Facebook for the year ahead? You know what? If I had to choose, I would probably do Instagram and TikTok. And I was not very keen on TikTok until a couple of months ago when I started to see some really great case studies come out of this year. And I'm going to give you an example of Mucinex, which, you know, the the cold medicine. They were trying to, and I think this will, will relate, they were trying to encourage a younger audience to understand that, you know, you have to take care of yourself when you have a cold. And you're not, your mom's not there anymore to take care of you. You're in college or you're graduating from college. And they wanted this younger, a younger generation to understand their benefits for cold and flu symptoms. And they went to TikTok and they created a video. I can picture the, the germ that they used, the big green germ. And they created a dance with him. And then they asked TikTok users to reshare it with their own interpretation. It was freaking brilliant. So, and they didn't have to spend that much money either because TikTok's such a great way of you posting something and then asking your community or your followers to to reshare it with their own interpretation. Now, there are some risks to it. You know, people will take <clears throat> creative uh, liberty is what I would call it. So, you you know, there is some of that, but I think there's an opportunity for you to really look at having some fun and just saying, you know, this is an interesting way to look at it. Very cool. And what about, what about Snapchat and LinkedIn these days? You know, I love LinkedIn from a B2B perspective. I would say it's probably the place to be. Um, but if you're with a convenience store operator, I imagine your customers are not business to business, that it's, you know, more consumer based. And so I probably wouldn't spend a lot of, of time there. Snapchat kind of has had its day and really it's not doing so much anymore. 
you know, if you were to have an event and you wanted to create a cool filter or something, you might do something like that, but I probably wouldn't spend any time with that one either. So what would you say are some other newer platforms that should be on our radar as we head into 2021? You mentioned like Parler earlier. What else is out there and, and who is their audience? I'm not, I'm, I will be perfectly frank. I'm not really keen on the alt tech like Parler because they're not policing it. And there is a lot of false and misinformation out there. So I would be really careful with that kind of stuff because it'd be pretty easy to get swept up into something that's just, you know, is out there just to hurt you. And like I said, there are nation states, there are, you know, there's QAnon, there's all sorts of alt-right organizations that they think it's fun to take down a brand. They think it's fun to take down a store. They think that that's fun. So unless there's something happening there that you need to be paying attention to, I probably would kind of avoid it like the plague. I don't think I can say that after 2020, but. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so where is Gen Z these days? Are they mostly on TikTok and Instagram or are they gravitating toward any other platforms? They're all on TikTok right now. They love it. They love it, love it, love it. So it's sounding like TikTok is an increasingly important platform to be on to keep reaching that younger generation. I think so. And you can have some fun with it. It's not, you know, it's, there's hardly any risk in it. Just test some things out. You certainly want to maybe create an account and pay attention for a couple of weeks to see how it works. But yeah, just have some fun with it. So we're rolling out C-Store Decisions annual social media awards in our upcoming January issue. Uh, we partnered with Rival IQ this year and we studied the social media accounts of 65 convenience store chains to see who is standing out on engagement over the past year. And one big takeaway from the results is that chains that have buy-in from the very top all the way down and a clear authentic brand voice are really standing out from the crowd. So I, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. You know, why is having full chain buy-in from the top down when it comes to prioritizing social media uh, really important? And, and what advice do you have for social media uh, communications people, you know, who are, might be listening to this podcast, how they can get those higher ups on board with a social media uh, platform? It's like anything else. You have to have buy-in from the top. You have to. It's You have to have a buy-in from the top from a, a change in the, your sales process for a new product, for an innovation, for new marketing initiatives. You have to have buy-in because if you don't, then when you when something goes wrong and something will go wrong or when a mistake is made, they all put up their hands and say, nope, we're not doing this anymore. And when you don't have, as well, when you don't have buy-in from the top, when you take some risk and it goes wrong, which it will, there's blame to be to be had and it's, it's just not good. So when you're looking at social media and you're trying to get buy-in from the top, there are a couple of things that you can do. And this January report that you're producing would be a great place to start because I think you can put that in front of your executive team and say, listen, this competitor, this competitor, and this competitor all in this report because of the way that they're spending and engaging on social and because of what they're doing on social media. If you want to compete, these are the things that you can do. One of the other things we like to do, especially with our clients, is say, okay, give us a list of five companies that you admire, and they don't have to be in the industry, and five companies that you think are doing mediocre and we look at their social media profiles and this is just a much smaller 
look at how you guys have put this together, but we look at their social media profiles for the top five that they admire and the five that they don't. And we present them with that and say, this is what's happening with the top five that you admire. And this is what's happening with the five you don't like. And what we find across the board every time is the, the companies that they admire are always doing a great job on social media and with engagement. And that just gives you more fodder to be able to say, yeah, they may not be on our industry, but because you respect that, there's a reason you respect them. And the reason is they're doing all these things right. Great advice. And so if you had to leave our listeners with the top five tips for social media in 2021, what would those be? Test. Number one, test, 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 take some risk. It doesn't cost you anything to do that. So test and, and test and test some more. Number two, have some fun because it is fun. We, you know, we, we, we were social on social media and then the marketers took over and we ruined everything. And now we're shifting back to being social on social media again. So have fun with it. Number three, make sure that anything that you're sharing or contributing to, if you're resharing or retweeting or whatever it happens to be, that it's true and it's factual and it's not, you're not per perpetuating the fake information. Number four, if you're working with anybody in, in your community or with influencers, you know, maybe they're nano influencers, micro influencers, or they're like real influencers with, you know, big celebrity type, following, make sure that, they, that they're not involved with something that could ancillarily hurt you. We call that guilty by association. And number five, I know I already said this, but it's that important. Have fun. Have fun. Important advice. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. And if our listeners want to get more information on your book or podcast, where would they go to learn more? I know this is going to surprise you, but spinsucks.com. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Ginny, thanks again for taking the time, and I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thanks, Erin. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the C-Store Decisions Live podcast. For more podcasts, visit cstoredecisions.com or follow me on Twitter at cstored underscore Erin. That's C-Store D underscore E-R-I-N.